Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Air It Out podcast. This is episode eight, if you're keeping track at home. I know we have to keep track sometimes. We forget as well. I'm Ryan the Goose Gossiker. Jolon, it's it's glad to be back with you. I'm bringing in my co-host, Jolon, there pretty quickly. Jolon, it's great to be back. we got another jam-packed show. Right to it, bro. I love it. We're back. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get to it. And again, guys, we want to try to give you guys as much content as possible throughout the week. You know, try to try to make this thing a weekly thing, so that way we can get as much content out there. Especially as leading up to all the sports returning. Absolutely, and there's a lot to talk about. And and unfortunately, Joanna, I, I want to start off in a in a bit of a sad realm in college athletics. We, we saw a couple leagues go down this week. The Ivy League announced that there will be no fall sports. They're still waiting for a decision on winter and spring sports. The football season could be played in the fall for them. I'm not really sure. The Patriot League has has canceled their fall sports season. The NESCAC, which is near and dear to my heart, where Wesleyan is, they have also decided to cancel fall sports. Um, I, I expect this to be a trend, unfortunately. It really does break my heart because a lot of those schools are kids that aren't going to the league. They're there to play, to get a great education. And, and, and you, you really see players play for the love of the game in those conferences. And, and especially the NESCAC, as, as you know, I have a personal tie to. And the Ivy League, I worked at Yale last summer. You meet those guys, you be around those guys, and it just stinks. And, and you really feel for them, uh, and it's really tough. And then you go out west to Stanford, who cut 11 varsity athletic programs of their 36. First of all, having 36 is a, a whole different conversation. Well, Stanford, bro. Like- right. So we understand, and, and I, I've mentioned this to a lot of friends of mine, my question is, is how many come back? That's the big question to me, is how many come back once? Because, again, at some point we will get over this pandemic. We will be over the virus. But how many of those sports come back? Uh, wrestling being a big one. It, Free Shane Griffith. It, it is really, really, really difficult and hard to comprehend if you're any athlete in that position. And, again, Stanford has people that go to the pros in different sports. So it, I think it is, it is really hard. What you just mentioned, those conferences, the Ivy League, you just have to hurt for the seniors. You have to. Like you said, playing for the love of the game, this is their highlight. This is their career wrapped up in the one final season. I mean, yeah, they would try to go. Like you said, they, most of them will try to go. Unfortunately, most of them mo- might not make it, but you have to really hurt for the seniors. Yeah, and you have to understand, ladies and gentlemen, the, the big thing is the NCAA will likely, if, if all sports are canceled in the fall, they will likely extend an extra year of eligibility. However that did happen in the spring, the Ivy League decided to stick to its rules of no fifth-year players. So what that does is mess with the seniors, and and again, it just messes that that thing up. So we're talking about conferences that don't have a lot of wiggle room. So, John, this is where I want to get to our first question. You hear all this sad news. What do you think this means for the Power 5 schools? I think this is going to be a trend for them. I hate to say it, but... Let's be real, they're going to be exploiting kids for money if they don't. And that's exactly the feel. I mean, professional sports, they're going about it in their own realm. There's money to be made in ad revenue and other things. When you think about kids and college football, especially, that's what I'm thinking of, you think ticket revenue. That's where college football money's made. And that's where college football is going to hurt. So if they do put the kids out there, now it looks like an exploitation of the kids. Right, and when you talk about professional sports, you get paid to do that sport. You you know, you go to school. Lots of money, even prorated, tons, millions of dollars. Correct, absolutely. So, I, I really do feel for these kids, and the Power 5 schools are really interesting. I think I could have sat here a month ago and told you all that 
Alabama and all the schools in the South are 100% without a doubt playing their season no matter what. Now, I don't know. And a, a really interesting school that I found this week is Notre Dame. Because a, because a lot of schools are going to play conference-only games. Notre Dame doesn't have a conference. So the, there's just so many factors. And you're right. You're exploiting kids for money. But, you know, for people that will say, well, it's going to be weird for the kids without fans. No, it's not. We practice every day without fans. That's, you know, we're kind of used to that. You'll hear more trash talk, all that kind of stuff. You might see some kids step up. Maybe they fall under pressure and now it's their highlight hit. Right, exactly. So I think I think it's really interesting, but I, I'm I'm leaning towards, and you know I'm the optimist on this show. Yeah, of course. I, if we're going to be real, to me the only sports that can truly come back are professional sports because they get paid to do that. And again, you talk about college and high school, they don't get paid to do the that. The risk-reward is more factored out with a lot of millions of dollars on the table rather than too much risk and no reward with college athletes. They also have more money to play around with and to spend in order to take precautions. So, talking about precautions, you you get to the NBA bubble, and, and here's where we're going to talk the NBA. You would think that coronavirus would be the number one thing you are concerned about, and I'm sure it is for a lot of teams. Not for the Lakers. Not for the Lakers, because the Lakers, late last last night, uh, uh, one of their first practices, excuse me, Rajon Rondo went down with a significant hand injury, and I'll tell you, I cringed the minute I saw that notification pop up on Twitter. It, 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 Joel, what does it mean for the Lakers? What, what is... You know, Rajon Rondo, yeah, everybody remembers what he did with the Celtics, but, like, what does it mean now? Well, before we were in prep, and you had mentioned playoff Rondo, he knows when to take his game to that level, and I guarantee he's been working slowly to take his game to that level, and it sucks because the Lakers are primed to make a big, big run, maybe a championship run, and now I don't see it happening at all. I really don't see the Lakers making a far run now. And you lose Rondo and Avery Bradley, your two top wing defenders, and you mentioned Rondo. He's the other playmaker on the court, too, with LeBron. With When LeBron's on the bench, God knows you can only take three minutes of rest a game before the team you know, starts crashing down. So Rondo, I think it's a really interesting piece. What is fascinating, though, I thought this was a season to ender. He's going to be out six to eight weeks, which means he might be back for the end of the first round, early second round. Now, again, he's got to get back into basketball shape. But I think that's something to look out for. Who do you think, if the Lakers were to make a run, do they rely on? More AD or more LeBron? Because it's going to be on either or or both. I mean, I'm going to be completely honest with you. you got to ride the guy that's been there for 16 straight years. And I expect him to make it 17. I expect him to play 42 minutes in a playoff game. I expect him to be... He's going to have to now. I expect him to be the guy that he has been his whole career. Because, again... the. There's not like four or five years LeBron just wasn't LeBron. LeBron has been LeBron for the past 16 Since years. Since the junior year of high school even. You can Correct. Take it back. Correct. So I'm going to take the bet on that. But it's going to, you know, it. <laughs> Alex Caruso now becomes what Matthew Dellavedova was in 2015. Imagine that's their glorified guy to make a run. Wow. That would be a tale for the tapes. Now listen, he he's a meme and everybody likes to joke about it. He makes hustle plays on that team that energizes the squad. It gets the fans involved. Well, that won't be. Thing, <laughs> you won't have to worry about that. The bench. But the bench, the the team on the floor. He knows how to get the guys energized. And, and he, he plays extremely well with LeBron. His plus minus with LeBron is absurd. 
Let's not forget Quinn Cook, who won a couple titles with the Warriors. And now you, we're going to see. If, if you want to talk about piping up the bench, if you ever played like travel sports as a kid, that's where the momentum comes in. Because there's going to be momentum shifts, and you're going to feel it whether you're there or not as fans. Because being momentum and taking that momentum to the next level involves the bench and involves the guys on the court as well. Yeah, I think people undermine how much how much momentum actually means in a game. But again, look for Quinn Cook to step up. Look for Alex Caruso to step up. Those guys are going to get more minutes now. Again, with Avery Bradley sitting out, opting out, good for him. And Rajon Rondo now being hurt until Tragic. at least the end of the first round. Uh, probably early second round. But now you look at another team in the West in the Houston Rockets, and they, they have some interesting things going on down there, Jolan. Are they down bad? Are they going to make a run? You know, they played the worst basketball before the shutdown. So oh, defense part, was horrible. Part of me was like, maybe this helps them. Now Russell Westbrook has just tested positive for coronavirus. James Harden did not report with the team. A lot of question marks. To right? Orlando, Tons. so that's interesting. They did just have a player break quarantine down in Orlando there's just so much going on, and you've heard, you keep hearing it from all these sports guys. They might, they might blow up the team after this. This might be it. This might be their run. And here we are, and just everything, the ceiling seems to come crashing down on them. Well, you feel bad for Westbrook because he has to handle his own matters, but this raises question marks now around why Harden's not there, and it raises question marks around what their team can do if Westbrook doesn't return. Now it's back to a Harden team, and you've lost pieces. Yeah, like, it's it, going to get bad in Houston, I feel it. It is going to get bad because they're either going to see the Clippers or the Nuggets in the first round, and I don't like either one of those matchups for them. If I'd had to pick, it would be the Nuggets because... Oh, absolutely, oh, absolutely no doubt. Clips. But even then, you know, you have nobody to guard Jokic. You know, who's skinny. Jokic can't guard any... You know, he's not going to be able to guard anybody, but still, who's going to guard him? But he has slimmed down. He does look fit and bulk. So I think, he, you know, it, neither matchup is great or ideal for them. So now, Joel, I want to get to something we've heard the past few days. I want to get your reaction to some complaints about the bubble because we have seen players go on Instagram, Snapchat, complain about the room, the food. You've seen some players like John Morant say, I'm not a silver spoon kind of guy. This is great. We've had other players back it up. I, I kind of want to get your reaction to what you've seen so far. Well, the food thing is hilarious because I've seen some fire festival like representations. That's hilarious to me because these guys are top-notch millionaires who haven't seen food like this in a long time. Well, you mentioned the younger rookies and stuff. Maybe they're a little more accustomed to it. And the room situation I don't get because the rooms do look nice, but you see NBA guys complaining because it's not their suites. It's not, it's not a penthouse where they're usually staying. Like, so they are upset about that, but things they can be accustomed to, and they will see better times after quarantine's over. Right, and I think... I think the other thing too is is that maybe maybe they see the way that they're eating right now, and maybe they understand that there are people that eat like that every single day. Less, and if they right and less, so if they don't like it, maybe that's another initiative they go after. A league that's been on top of these initiatives throughout the whole thing. So, uh, you you've had guys order TVs to their room already, like brand new TVs. LeBron, Quinn Cook, and I believe Anthony Davis were in NBA Two uh, K Park last night. Just just playing with everybody. Imagine meeting them. That'd be hilarious. It would be. It would be awesome. But you know, you just you gotta deal with. You gotta deal with. And, and this is it. I, Jay Williams said this on ESPN. Get up, and he and he said this on a in a Instagram TV kind of thing. They sound tone deaf. They really, really do. Out of with, touch. With, Super out of with touch. With what people are going through in this country right now, 
guys, if it can get you through, you, you shouldn't really be complaining about it. So, But I think, you know, for the most part, I've seen it be about 50-50. So I, I'm not overly concerned. It's not like 100% of the guys are complaining. So I'm not overly concerned about it. I expect them, they have to get used to it because this is their life for the next three months. So uh, get get used to it. And, you know, we mentioned the initiatives. Um, the Kyle Korver is going to wear Black Lives Matter on the back of his uniform. Giannis Antetokounmpo's jersey maker is going to thank him. That's great pronunciation. Yes, thank you. His jersey creator is going to thank him because now he doesn't have to put Antetokounmpo on the back of his jersey. He gets to put equality on the back of his jersey. A lot less letters. Um, LeBron will not wear an initiative. Now, he's been a top guy about this. The thing is, is what he said I found fascinating. He didn't like any of the options on the list. He wanted, he wanted the league to give him more freedom to say to put what he wanted to put on the back of his jersey. Obviously, within character restrictions for the jersey makers, but he just wanted that extra bit of freedom. And you know, to be honest, with all he's done, I think he's earned it. Um, you hear Anthony Davis also not doing that, and his reasoning. I I think I like Anthony Davis's reasoning better than what LeBron made up. He's not in the inner circle of making names or whatever. But Anthony Davis said that he represents and what he stands for a lot more. So putting that last name on the back of his jersey is going to stand for what he represents, his organizations, what he's actually doing for the movement. Yeah, and let's not forget, these guys represent their families and their communities, and, and, and that, that means a lot. Like, I don't, want to really diminish, I don't want to diminish that at all. I don't want anybody to think just because one player is wearing equality, the other's not. That, that last name means so much to so many people. That's something you dream of. That's something your community dreams of. Especially these guys that have given back so much. And you, and you see, can't expect much more. The NBA being more progressive with even giving them the option. Leagues, right. they're not even talking about it right now. NBA's at the front helm. If players don't want to do it, that's their jurisdiction. But if they do, the choice is theirs now. Right, and the leagues are doing the gestures and the players obviously have to continue to to help their communities and, and further these initiatives. But So tip-off is scheduled for July 31st. We are getting close. Believe me, there is not a single soul on this earth outside of Adam Silver and LeBron James that are praying harder for this to start on time than I am. I can promise you that. But July 31st is the start date. And now we're going to go to a league that's going to start about a week earlier, and that's Major League Baseball. Their opening day is expected to be July 23rd. The Mets and Yankees are going to play a home-and-home exhibition series this weekend, the weekend of July 18th and July 19th, finally. That I oh I've been waiting for it. I, I don't know if it's going to be televised. I hope it is. I really want to see it. But the Joan, the big thing we talked about in prep and the big news coming out of the Mets. Well, two things actually. Number one though is Joanna Cespedes has guaranteed he will be ready for opening day. Did you see that video? He lo- he looks Cespedes yoked. back to the moon. He he looks yoked. He looks like 2015 Cespedes. But I told you. Oh yeah. We only need 50 percent of that. What I did find I'll interesting... I'll take 100. I'll what, take 100. You better believe it. What I did find interesting, and I found this online, he when he came over in 2015, there were 60 games left. Whoa. Now he's back finally healthy, it looks like, for now. And there's only 60 games to get into the postseason. We all remember what happened that year. The Mets obviously lost in the World Series, but they got to the World Series. Got so swept, but that was a great team we were on. And they lost in five, actually. They uh, did win one oh, game at home. You're right. They you're did right. win one game at home. But, so the Cespedes news is great, and now we're going to go to some wacky stuff. The Mets' sale is getting even more and more sloppy. So all bids were due July 9th. 
from what I understand. And Steve Cohen has been trying to buy the team for a long time. I believe his last bid back when he was supposed to buy the team January? was two point six billion. Was that January? I believe so. But there was some stipulations with Cohen and um, Will Pond still being involved for five years. They Is were that still on the table? they were going to have control for the next five years. From what I understand, the sale now, that is off the table. Thank God. Mets fans rejoice. <laughs> that is off the table. But let's walk you through the two big bids. And there, there are more than two bids, but these are the ones getting the headlines and the, the ones that it'll likely the come down bids. to. Correct. Steve Cohen has now offered $2 billion to buy the team and $2 billion for the SNY network. Which is down from his $2.6 billion in his first uh, offer. Correct. But in totality, it's $4 billion, which they should take. But the Wilpons, if they had their choice, would go with the bidding team of J-Lo and A-Rod. And now have included other stars, such as Brian Urlacher. Big name. Travis Kelsey. Big name. Bradley Beal. Big name. Mason Plumley, Big name. DeMarco Murray. Big name. And Joe Thomas. A lot of money on that table. There is a lot of... Now, Joe Thomas, future Hall of Famer. Now, Huge name. They're trying to get their bid closer to what Cohen Cohen offered for the team. I, I don't know what they're talking about in terms of S&Y and stuff like that. But the Wilpons want to sell it to that... What do you want to call it? Trust? I, a let's trustee, just, maybe? I don't right, know. Let's just call bandits, it that. The bandits? <laughs> right. I'm Team Cohen. Let's just, let, let's just call it that. The Wilpons want to sell it to them. The Wilpons are awaiting Rob Manfred for further steps. Now, what I do want to say is I want this team sold as quickly as possible. But understand, there are there are so many things on Rob Manfred's plate right now. This should be this should be the last thing on his list. It's gonna be the last thing on his list, right? He's got a baseball season. If he to, even attends his list, he <laughs> he's got a baseball season to try and start here. Okay, like he he's got bit much bigger things to worry about in terms of the sport. So it's gonna be fascinating. I want Steve Cohen. Listen, I have been on record saying this. I want anybody anybody outside of the Wilpons and James Dolan to own the Mets. Anybody else? I don't care. Don't even don't, bring that name up at this table. I don't care if Dave Portnoy is involved. I do not care who is involved. Just as long as it is not those two human beings, and as long as they sell their teams, I I just want them gone out of New York. Get me out of New York, as Stephen A. Smith would say. You know what's sad? All this money is being thrown around, and I'm rooting for Cohen versus the world because the world has a bunch of money on their side. J Lo and them, and I want Cohen to buy him out because he can revamp SMY and all the things he can do. But I have a feeling the Will Pond just might not sell. You know, I that think, lurks over me every time I think of this. You know what? I I think they're going to sell at some point. Their and, hands almost forced. And no one's showing up yes, anymore. And and the bids, you know, the fact that they took all these bids is they're going to sell the team. Let's let's just put it that way. Now whether they're gonna sell us and why I thought this in January. Thought is, it was a done deal in January. Correct. And then they tried to blackball Steve Cohen. Yeah, it's a it's a really tricky thing and I I just dude I want them to sell so bad. I, so bad. You know I have been on I've been on record talking to some people from WTBQ that that I work with. I said man I will I will provide the pens the pencils whatever you need to sign that deal <laughs> the markers the sharpies. I will chop the tree that provides the paper. <laughs> I will chop it personally just for you just for the Wilpons to sign away the rights to the team. You know what? Put in the contract that they can't ever mention the word Mets again. Please, like, 
Just get them out of New York. Tell them to buy an island and ban them. Right. That's it. They you know what? Do it. You know what? You know what they can do? They can take them and they they can take Bobby Bonilla and they could go join Fight Island and just go relax on the on the on the beach and, and get some palm trees fly. Because let me tell you, that is that is the legacy of the Wilpons. Not only that they're frugal and cheap, but Bobby Bonilla Day. Because we did miss that on July first. We did not mention. I didn't miss that. it on Twitter. But it was Bobby Bonilla Day, and for those who don't know, Bobby Bonilla is getting paid one point, roughly one point two million dollars from the Mets every year until twenty thirty five, due to a deferred payment plan where the Mets could have paid him outright six million dollars back in, I believe it was ninety nine or two thousand one. Instead, chose this deferred payment plan, and now over the course of the contract. He's going to make over $29 million. There's a bit of context considering that they had the Bernie Madoff investment, so they would have returned more than Bernie Madoff's rest in peace. Yeah, that, 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 that team went well. down fast. <laughs> that did not turn out so well. But again, at the end of the, that, that is the stain, one of the stains the Wilpons have and will forever have on the Mets organization. But not just the Mets in baseball. That's correct. a bad stain. Correct. But you know what? Enough with the Wilpons because I'm tired of talking about them. And we're going to talk about my favorite league, and that's the NFL. And it's because football is my favorite sport, period. The Washington football team is officially done with the nickname Redskins. They've removed, Our words. They have removed the nickname and the logo. Uh, it has become official. Now, from what I understand, expect a new name sooner rather than later. They are not going to wait. They are trying to find a new name. Apparently, Coach Ron Rivera is going to be in on it. I didn't know he signed up for pull. that. He's got pull in that organization. You better believe it. Right, but I didn't know he signed up for that when he decided to become the head coach. But I'm glad this is well overdue. But I do want to let our listeners know, this was not Dan Snyder having an epiphany. This was the people with the money in the organization and the sponsors saying, yeah, we're taking all your stuff away and you're going to make nothing. And then him going, okay, we'll change the we'll change the name. If I could quote Dan Snyder from 2013, he said, "We will never change the name. Never." You could write that in caps. That is that is why we have to be careful when we 2020 say 2020s come knocking, buddy. We have to be careful when we say never, unless uh, certain situations. But regardless, the name is finally getting changed. It took all these years, but here we are. It took FedEx pulling uh, almost pulling sponsorship, three minority owners. Who own forty percent of the team almost pulling out? Are they and still pulling out? What's up with that? I haven't actually read. I have not that. heard anything about that. I don't know if they're going to stay now because the name is changing. You think it's more of a forced hand type of pull? I think so. I I, I really do. I don't think you often give up forty percent of a sports team just like that. Yeah. I think you know sometimes you try to use it as a as a as a mar- um, leverage leverage tool. Yes, thank you. And I I'm just this is long overdue. It's about time. And you know what? Amazon pulled their merchandise off of theirs, you know. So and Nike pulled their merchandise. So the, this was Dan Snyder's time. And again, no credit to Dan Snyder. None. But it, it is about time that it's gone. I want to know what I pointed. Out? I, I didn't get it pointed out to. I read it on Twitter. They had to do that one final statement, and they had to use the logo and the name right at the top. Yep. And they look s- at Dan Snyder's "fu" on the way out type and, of deal. And they said it. You know, it, it will not be used after this letter, of course. Which I don't know why. They just had to put it though. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't know why you can't just spell Washington across the top and just go from there. But. Regardless, let's talk about some stuff on the field. Jolan, this is my biggest question in terms of the NFL. How in the world does this sport play a season? Well, you pray. 
No, the, the logistic answer is you have to take steps and to take care of yourself. These guys need to be somewhat restricted to who they're seeing and what they're seeing outside of football. They have the jersey swap rule. That's ridiculous. These guys are going to be in each other's face. If you're a center and have a nose tackle in front of you, what's a jersey swap going to do for 30 seconds after the game? So those steps, I think there's more symbolic, symbolic than anything. But steps they can take, I have no clue. These yeah. are in big money hands. I hope they play. And if they do, good luck to them. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be fascinating. And you know what? These are, these are when you look at these people that are going to make decisions. You look at their salaries and you go, why is this dude making that much money? Well, for moments like this, when, when you know, the league is here on the line... And, you know, you really gotta, you really gotta make the right decisions. Oakley has come out with a new mask, uh, a new, a new shield mask type thing. It kind has of like some, a visor for your mouth. Yeah, it has a little bit more breathable air. I did see a tweet, and I thought it was really funny. Defensive linemen now are gonna start playing mind games with offensive linemen. I'm gonna cough on you. I'm gonna spit on. Like it's gonna be, re- it's gross, but it's. It's What's forever been mental. gross and mental is now even grosser and more yeah, mental. Correct. It's just a mental aspect of the game. But, Jolan, I, I, again, this is another league. There is no one praying harder outside of Roger Goodell to play the season than myself. I, can, I promise you that. I have been praying for this from the beginning, and this is the one sport that has yet to really be affected by it. They have training camp coming up soon, but... They had a draft. They had free agency. They didn't have a season. Their season got in right before, right before this thing hit. So I, it's fascinating. And you gotta, if you're an NFL fan or you're a football fan in general, you have to watch how the NHL does their restart because it is the only league that compares in terms of, in relation to contact. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, obviously the NBA is a bigger sport. The MLB is a bigger Football's sport. Football's eleven on eleven. Correct, but in terms of contact and close relation to players at all times in a guy. game it is the NHL and you got to watch for that but they're doing hub cities and it doesn't look like the NFL has any plans to do that now I, somebody did joke on Twitter and say that the NFL should just ship themselves over to New Zealand where they have been announced coronavirus free after days without cases so somebody said you should just ship them over there and get all the TV companies over there now I think they'd tell us to go scratch, to be completely honest with you. Oh, yeah. Correct. But the NFL has to do something, and I think we're going to see some kind of a season. But now if we're talking on the field, what, John, what do you expect if and when they play? Greatness from Daniel Jones. Here we go. <laughs> Wait two weeks, three weeks for this. Daniel Jones is going to have a hell of a season. There's a bunch of year two quarterbacks that are going to pop. I think Kyler Murray, I'm talking year two because former the past two MVPs, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, sophomore year quarterbacks. So I think Daniel Jones is primed for a great season. I'm thinking over 35 touchdowns. Kyler Murray, I think, is going to hit the 30 touchdown range. I think he's going to score a little more on his feet too. So Drew Locke's in a good situation. He, the Denver Broncos are primed to be really good. Their defense is looking good. They just got Jerry Judy, so he is a weapon. So I think football is returning in a big way. I think a couple sophomore guys ready, to, ready and primed to pop. It's fascinating. I think Drew Locke and Kyler Murray are the ones set up the most for success. And I will tell you, you, you know, on the last Not Daniel two, Jones, on the last the two, Giants offseason has been great. On the last two pods, you have said that Daniel Jones will have thirty-five touchdowns, and I just can't bring myself to believe it. Please listen. They have they have Darius Slayton, and we're gonna see. Can he be? Can he be the guy again? You know, he, he was great last year. There's no question about that. 
But can he be great again? Sterling Shepard is a concussion away from retiring from the NFL. Let's be completely honest about that. Golden Tate is not getting any younger. He does make a couple spark plays here and there, but he is not getting any younger. And and I just don't think he has the weapons around him. And, you know, Saquon coming out of the backfield, but 35 touchdowns, I, I would see that more out of a Kyler Murray, who's got DeAndre Hopkins now, along with Larry Fitzgerald. I like what they did, but I I can't talk myself into 35 touchdowns from Daniel Jones. So let's not stop talking just about sophomore. Let's talk freshman and sophomore quarterbacks. Who do you think has the best season with the weapons around them? You mentioned Kyler Murray already. Who besides him do you think? It's Drew Locke. I think he's the most set up for success. You have Jerry Judy. And listen, the thing about Denver is... Not like Justin Herbert, Chargers? Uh, Justin Sherbert, no. <laughs> um, Ship him. <laughs> but you talk about... You talk about home field advantage, and oftentimes it's the crowd. It, you know, in, in Kansas City, in not Baltimore, it's not there anymore. But Denver is not only the fans, but it's also the altitude. The altitude, which is, which can be really interesting and in and a, in a crazy factor. And so I think Drew Locke really has a chance. He's got every weapon in the book, so he can go out there and do it. So it's going to be fascinating to watch the NFL season. You know, unfortunately, we're out of time here. So that's going to do it for episode eight of the Air It Out podcast. Oh, Joe. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Gosker56, on Instagram at Goose on the Mic. John, where might the fans be able to find you and the podcast? Um, on Twitter at Good Old Joel's and uh, um, on Instagram at Joel and Bioqua. Or you can follow us on Twitter on the podcast at Podcast Air It Out. Or Instagram at airitout.podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, or compliments, you can reach us there. You heard us. You heard it there. We want to hear from you, and we want to hear any kind of feedback you got. So uh, thank you for listening to Episode 8. We'll see you on Episode 9 next week. So uh, until then, see you later, everybody. Peace.